0: Well, it is good to see everybody today. It is good to see everybody today. Um, isn't it a beautiful day? Good start to the day. Good start. To the day. So uh, we are continuing our walk through Acts. We are in chapter 15 today. So if you have your Bibles open up to the book of Acts, chapter 15. As you are doing that, I would urge you to remember to be in prayer for Pastor Tim and Nikki as they are traveling. Uh, we've got a couple little updates, and it looks like they are enjoying the European countryside. So that is exciting for them. So uh, please continue to pray for them as they are on their sabbatical for the next few weeks. Okay. Well, we have been walking through the book of Acts. We've been looking at the Apostle Paul and his teachings as he is going about the, is- the uh, Israelite... Countryside, uh, planting churches, sharing the gospel with those who uh, those who don't know. <clears throat> they and and as you remember, if you have been with us uh, for the last several weeks, you know that he is that that the 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 ones who are sharing the good news of the gospel are no longer just preaching to Jewish people. Now God has opened the walls of the church and is. Uh, and they're talking to people who are not Jewish, which is a big deal and caused great separation within the Jewish community at the time because the Jews didn't like that. They did not like the fact that others were able to have access to the kingdom of God. But that is exactly what God was doing, was bringing others into the church. So where I want to start today is with a funnel. I love funnels. So you guys remember like when you go to the mall and there's that display that was in the center aisle and you could take pennies and roll them around and they go around and around and you wait there for like 15 or 20 seconds, it's going around and around and you can't wait until it gets to the spout. Because you remember what happens when it gets to the spout? (laughs) And it goes down, yes. Now, you know you never rolled quarters down, you wanted to keep them, unless they were mom's quarters, then you could roll a quarter. But if it was yours, you're rolling pennies, maybe a nickel if you didn't want to carry it. I love funnels. As we know, in the garage, there are, there's one major, uh, major use for funnels. Thank you to all uh, auto engineers who put oil caps in a spot where you can't just open up the oil and, and pour it in. Otherwise, you know what's gonna happen, right? Yeah, you got stains on the garage door. You got floor. You got stains in the in the driveway. And as soon as you turn the car on, then you got the smell because you've just spilled oil trying to get it in the little hole. So I love funnels, and it struck me as I was reading through um, Acts chapter fifteen, God's love is a lot like a funnel. God's love is a lot like a funnel. And this is uh, your first fill-in-the-blank. God's love is a lot like a funnel. Now, to the Jews, the funnel was very small because who fit in the Jews' funnel as to who should be loved by God? Only the Jews, that's right, small funnel. As we continue to work our way through Acts chapter 15, we're going to find the funnel gets very, very big. Kind of like that, uh, that funnel in the mall. Really big. Because lots more people are being included into, that, into God's funnel of love. So, if you have your Bibles, let's take a look at Acts chapter 15. We're going to start in verses 1 through 19. So, Acts 15, 1 through 19. We'll see how the eyes do if we need to put on the glasses or not. Stinks to get into your early 15, because then the glasses are used for other things which is this just read it on the screen well I've got some notes in here if I don't go in here then I'm gonna get lost I may be reading it off the screen okay so Acts chapter 15 let's start in verse 1 says some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses you cannot be saved this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So, Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and the elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. And, and the news made all the brothers very glad. So what we see, we, in, within this, this new church, there are two groups of people. One of these groups of people, as we've been studying uh, through the book of Acts, and if, you, if you've been here through our study through Galatians, you'll know that there, that there is this group of Jewish leaders that said, in order, for, in order for a person to have a relationship with God, there has to be, they've got to be following the Jewish laws. And the chiefest among those for Jewish men was to be circumcised. If that did not happen, if that practice did not happen, then you were cut off from the nation of of Israel, which meant you had no place in the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus came along and wrecked all of that. And as we are following the apostles as they're teaching through the New Testament and as they are beginning to preach to Gentiles, they're saying, no, 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 that doesn't have anything to do with having a relationship with God. That is something that is done by men with their hands to the, to the physical body. It has nothing to do with spirituality. Does that make sense so far? Okay, so these guys... Have, are setting themselves as, apart as the, we'll call them the circumcision boys. Those are the guys that say you have to be circumcised if you're going to have a relationship with God. The rest of the, the, rest of the folks in the church, we'll call them the brothers, because that's what Paul calls them, As Paul is making his way from Antioch, which was a city up in northern Israel, all the way down towards Jerusalem, he's sharing with all the people in the churches as he's making his way down the amazing things that are happening through his ministry. So many Gentiles, so many non-Jewish people are starting into a relationship with God. And it says all the brothers were so glad. That's important because this group of people who are the brothers, who are the true believers, guess what? That's us. The things that he is so excited about, that Paul is so excited about, is the same things that we, as believers, can also get excited about. And that's that God's salvation is open to us. Amen. Yes. Okay, let's keep on going here. I'm going to read off the screen. So when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders to whom they reported everything that God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, here we go again, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders, if you could put like a little quote or a little uh, brackets, you gotta think, oh my gosh, here we go again. The apostles and the elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, know, God who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. Now, uh, let's see. Now, this is why I didn't want to read off the screen. Uh, bu- 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 he did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now, this is huge because, um, okay, yeah. So, so now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved, just as they are. This is big, Because to the Jewish leaders, they were teaching, no, you have to have this. You have to be circumcised. You have to have this done to your body if you are going to fit into the church. Paul said that is not what the gospel says. The gospel says you don't have to have these certain things done to your body. There is no checklist that you have to have checked off before you are able to enter into a relationship with God. Is that not good news? Because some of us, a lot of us probably, come from some sketchy backgrounds. And some of those sketchy backgrounds, we would not have fit into that Jewish church. I know we wouldn't if we weren't Jewish. But because of a lot of our backgrounds, we might not fit. If there was a certain checklist that said, you have to do this and this and this and this before you are accepted into the church, a lot of us wouldn't fit but guess what? What's happening to the funnel? It's getting bigger. And so a lot of us who come from some of those tough backgrounds, guess what? We fit. We have a place. We have a place. Okay. Uh, I have no idea where I was, so I'm going to go back here. And I'm going to put the glass on. I apologize, because this, this might be irritating to you, but I've got to be able to read. So Now, let's start in verse, okay, we're in verse 12. Let's start in verse 12 because that's what's up there. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul teaching about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. And James is the brother of Jesus. He's one of the the apostles. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. Now, this is a big deal also because previously the people who would have been chosen were only who? The Jews, that's right, not the Gentiles yet but he says right here guess what, the Gentiles we can be chosen right along with the Jews and that's also great news for us because if we're not Jewish we're Gentile which means that God has a place for all of us regardless of our backgrounds he has a place in his kingdom for you and for me that's why it's called good news. That's why it's called good news. Okay. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. It is written. As it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore. And that's the Jewish nation that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and the Gentiles who bear my name says the Lord who do these things that have been known for the ages it is my judgment therefore that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God what this means is it doesn't matter how many tattoos you have on your body it doesn't matter who you have slept with it doesn't matter what you have done in your past none of that matters it doesn't matter how messed up your background is he says according to this it is good for us to not hang extra expectations on people's necks if they're going to accept jesus christ into their heart there are no exceptions There are no requirements. If I want to have a relationship with Jesus, Jesus doesn't look at me and say, Nope, you don't fit because fill in the blank. My background, I don't have to have a background check to have a relationship with Jesus. Because guess what? The background check is forgiven. Mm. that's good news. That's good news. Okay, so we see this then. Uh, if, uh, let's flip over in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. We're gonna be flipping back and forth in a couple places. Ephesians chapter two. I'm gonna start in verses one through nine. Ephesians two, one through nine says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions And your sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, this is all of us, we were all dead in our sins before Jesus saved us, every single one of us. Just like none of us were good enough to fit into God's kingdom. None of us are bad enough to not be welcomed into God's kingdom. It works both ways. But he says, just like in, uh, ju- just like we, um, I just lost my place. Sorry. When we fought, we were we were dead in our sins. We were separated from a relationship with God because of our sins, because we, were, because we were paying attention to what he says, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient, which is the enemy of our souls, is Satan. He goes on, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and our thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Before we accept Jesus into our life, we are governed by our own selfishness, our own self-centeredness, which separates us from a relationship with God. I cannot have a relationship with God when I desire to, to, to just please myself. I am, then I am my own God. I can't be my own God and have God as my God. So he said, while I am my own God, while I desire to please only myself, I am separated from God. I'm separated from Him because of being in that state. He says, but because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. That's the good news. It had nothing to do, we can't be good enough to have a relationship with God. We cannot. And because we can't be good enough, he made a way for us to be good enough. And that is because he made the way that he made is by sending Jesus to come and to die for us, for our sins. And as we accept Jesus into our life, now we are acceptable to God because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Okay, he goes on. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not from yourselves. Grace is the gift of God not by works so that none can boast. And what great news because boy, we... Sometimes it's nice to boast in ourselves. It feels good to brag about something that we did. In a relationship with God, we don't get to boast because there's nothing that we can do that can make us acceptable to God. There is zero that we can do on our own that make us acceptable to God. It's only through the grace that's given as we believe that Jesus did this for me. That's what makes me acceptable to God. Because when God looks at me after I have done that, he doesn't see me anymore. Who does he see? He sees Jesus in me. Now I am acceptable. Now I am accepted into God's kingdom because he sees Jesus' blood, Jesus' sacrifice for me. And that is indeed fantastic news. Salvation is offered in God's grace. It is received through faith. We have to receive it through faith. I have to believe that that's what Jesus did for me. That is my, that's how the gift is received. If I choose not to receive the gift, I've chosen to reject the gift. But when I believe that, now I've received the gift and now it applies to me. It's only God's grace and Jesus' sacrifice for us and our acknowledgement of belief that he did that for us. And that's what allows us to be connected with God for the rest of our life. Now, there is a really, really big funnel in, North, in northern California. So i got a picture of this. I want to take a look at this. This is, uh, let me see, this is called the, the Morning Glory Spillway in Napa County's Monticello Dam. The dam creates Lake Berryessa, a 1.6 million acre foot man-made body of water, which serves as a recreational site, fish, fishing, swimming, boating, all that kind of stuff. This is the top of this, the beginning of the spillway. When the water's up, uh, go ahead and switch to the next one, Sean. When the water's up, water pours down through the funnel, goes down. At the bottom of this funnel, there are three generators. The generators, when water is high enough to be pouring down into the spillway, those three generators create energy for a good part of the city of San Francisco through hydroelectric power. Pretty cool. So, as I was thinking about this, like this thing is huge, 72 feet in diameter. 72 feet in diameter. And at the very bottom of the opening, down at the spout, is 28 feet wide. This thing is huge. It struck me as I was reading through this Acts chapter 15 this is a picture of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ for us. Because the grace that we have access to is like the power that pulls that water down the spout. And as that water goes through the spout, it starts to turn those generator wheels. It starts to generate electricity. (laughs) What happens in our lives when we allow the Holy Spirit To really, truly work. Power is released. We know this because we see in our memory verse from Acts chapter 1, verse 8: But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That picture, that funnel, that is a perfect picture of what happens in us when the Holy Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move and do what he wants to do in our lives. Because now it's not just what he's doing in me. Now it's happening to other people. Other other people are being affected at what the Holy Spirit is doing in me when people begin responding to the work of the Holy Spirit as was happening in Paul and Barnabas' ministry, because you remember what it said when we first started reading? What, what, how, did the, how did the brothers feel when they heard what was happening? What was happening through Paul and Barnabas' ministry? What did it say? Glad. They were glad. Yeah, they were happy. They were excited to see what God was doing in other parts of the world. They were excited. Spiritual energy and momentum are created. Now, how is this kind of power cut off? (laughs) Think about what would have happened to these Gentile believers when they would have heard a message, you have to be circumcised before you get it. There's a lot of men that would say, I'm not sure that that's what God wants for me. When we start hanging responsibilities, hanging expectations, on people's necks that were never meant to be there. That's what we do. That's how we cut off. That's how we cut off people from being able to start that kind of relationship with God because it has nothing to do. Beginning a relationship with God has nothing to do with anything physical. Anything works related. Any of my what I do. Nothing. It has to do with what Jesus did for me and whether I want to believe and accept him into my life. No other expectations matter a bit. They're just a burden. So let's move on to our second fill in the blank. So that's the front end. That's the front end of starting a relationship with God. Now that we have a relationship with God, he's, after beginning a relationship with Jesus through faith in him, we recognize that we have become something different. After the relationship starts, now we become something different. Now let's take a look in Ephesians. Go back to, to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And let's start in verse 10. Says this. Uh, So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 10. We're going to go through verse 13. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that a neat picture? You, you individually are God's workmanship. God is at work in your life God is so crazy in love with you that he desires to work on you every day he desires a relationship and he desires you to live a successful faith filled life every day so much that you are at his workbench and he is working on you every day you individually he's working on you he has stuff that he wants to do in our lives and he says that we are created for good works therefore remember that formerly formerly you who were gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision the circumcision boys That done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel, and you were foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Before we were believers, that was our state of being. We were separated There were things that we we did were very self-centered, very self-focused. That was our life before Christ. He said, that's not you anymore. We are not to live like we did before we had Christ in our life. All of those things that were self-focused, those things need to be set aside. They need to be put away. We don't go back to those things we turn away from those things and now we are choosing to live in a way that glorifies God now that doesn't mean that I do things to to earn a relationship with God it doesn't I'm not earning anything it's just now that I am in relationship with God there are different expectations on me just like if I get when when I got married there were some things I couldn't do anymore I'm not supposed to check out other women. Right? If I do, someone gets angry with me. That is something that I am not supposed to do. That doesn't mean that I that this was, you know, some rule that this is just this is what love demands of me. Love demands that I only have eyes for my wife. It's the same with God. There are certain things that, that become a part of our lifestyle now that we are believers, and there are things that we did when before we were believers we have to turn our back on because I cannot continue to do those things and live in relationship with God. Does this make sense? I'm not earning a relationship with God. This is just what love demands of me, my love relationship with God. Okay. So let me figure out where I'm at. So we are his workmanship. He continues to work at us. Let's try to see then where is the funnel taking us to. When we start to understand where God's funnel is taking us to, now we can say yes to the things that we know are obedience to God and we say no to the things that we know are disobedient to God because I know where God's funnel of love is taking me. So let's go back to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15, and we're gonna pick up in verse 20. He says this, instead, we should write to them, and, 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 and this is where the apostles are saying, this is, we need to give these new believers a message as to what how they should be living, and so there's two things that they really hit on. He says, instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, abstain from sexual immorality, from meat strangled, uh, from, from, <laughs> from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. So the two main things that he's hitting on here is we are not to consume animals that were given in sacrifices that, from foreign gods. There were other temples uh, worshiping other gods. Anything that had to do with that kind of sacrifice, because they would sacrifice animals and then go sell it, stay away from that stuff, because that was sacrificed to other gods. Don't have anything to do with that. Could be separated from anything that has to do with worshiping other gods, Okay. Number one. Number two, stay away from sexual immorality. Now, what is sexual immorality? Anything that is related to sexuality outside of husband, wife. Any kind of sexuality that is experienced outside of husband and wife. No, that is sexual immorality. We have nothing to do with that. If we do, we are now choosing to live in a sinful um, pattern of lifestyle. We are to not have anything to do with that. We are to choose to only live in accordance with sexuality as it is prescribed by God's word, which is husband, wife, only. Anything else is sexual immorality. Stay away from these things. Because these things would have been examples of living, living as a believer in ways what we were, li- what we were living before we were a believer. This is sinful selfishness. This is the way that God has designed us to live. Turn your backs on those things. Have nothing to do with those things. Now, there's a lot more. We don't see murder in here. God, We're not, not supposed to murder, Right? These were two things that would have been very specific to the folks living in um, at that time uh, in in the city that they were dealing with. Okay, so how are we choosing to live this different lifestyle? This is one example. All right, let's skip down to chapter 16. We're gonna look at verses one through five. Now, this this is interesting, an interesting passage. So Acts chapter sixteen, verses one through five, he says this: He came to Derby and then to Lystra, two cities where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewess and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along, along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Now, didn't we just read that you didn't have to be circumcised in order to be saved? Is this an issue of salvation? This is not an issue of salvation. This young man, Timothy, was already saved he was already a believer but he was about to go and minister to a group of people who were jewish people how would they have accepted him knowing that his dad was not jewish suspect so so paul said sorry partner we need to do something to make sure that as you start preaching that we don't put any roadblocks in the way of this group of people from believing. One of the things that as we are turning away from this old lifestyle and turning to a new lifestyle, one of the things that God desires for us is that we begin to choose to sacrifice what we want for what others want and what others need. We see this flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 19 through 23. So 1 Corinthians 9:19 9, through 23 says this. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this, I do all this, for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. This had nothing to do with salvation. This was a sacrifice that this young man, Timothy, chose to make because his desire was to love and preach the gospel to a group of people that would have been offended because of his background. So, he chose to do this. And this, I would imagine... It would take a very strong movement of God for, for an adult man to make this decision. But how often as we go about our day, how often when we are in conflict with a coworker or conflict with, uh, with, with a family member, and it's hard to say no to what I want and choose to sacrifice for what they want. That's hard. But that's exactly what we're called to do. It's exactly what God calls us into the funnel to do. Because the further down the funnel we go, the stronger our relationship is with him. And the stronger our relationship with with him is, probably the more things that he is gonna ask us to do. And the more that he asks us to do, Sometimes the harder the sacrifices are. But the benefit that comes into us because we are choosing obedience, and the benefit that comes to all of those around us because they see God at work in us, because they say, How in the world could you make that decision to do that? That must be so hard. Yes, let me tell you about my relationship with Jesus Christ because I couldn't do it without him. It allows us to have a testimony when we choose to become uncomfortable because of how God is calling us. Keep on going. Getting close to the end. Going down through uh, chapter 16, verses uh, 16 through uh, 30-something. So starting in 16, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope... After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. They didn't do anything wrong. They set a little girl free from being possessed by an evil spirit. And they were they were, re- they were rewarded by being beaten. That's sometimes what God motivates us to do Things that are hard. Sometimes God moves us to confront someone that's doing something wrong. Sometimes people hurt us and he motivates us to, do, to, to confront them because of what they've done. When God leads us to do something hard, there's, there's, always, there's a reason why it's hard because we don't always want what's going to come after but let's take a look at what happened after they did this upon receiving such orders he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in the stocks about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and the other prisoners were listening to them how do you do that there are youtube videos that shows what a flogging is it's is not pleasant These guys were beaten with rods. And that same evening that this happened, they were in jail praying and singing hymns. And the result were that the other prisoners were listening to them suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once all the prison doors flew open everybody's chains came loose the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped but paul shouted don't harm yourself we are all here the jailer called for lights rushed in and fell trembling before paul and silas he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? We may never have anything like that happen to us. But some of us, I know, because I know some of us, you are going through some things that are hard. And as you walk through those things, if you are choosing, we can choose to go back and do the things that made us comfortable before we were believers. We can do that. God gives us the freedom to do that. If our desire is to walk in freedom the freedom of obedience for ourselves, but also the freedom to turn away from that stuff so that other people can see how we are living and see that there's something different in us. If we choose to do that, the rewards will be phenomenal. I have to choose that my priority is not my own comfort, is not my own self-centeredness, I have to choose that my priority is to allow God to comfort me as I am choosing to obey him and choosing to give him control and take the control away from myself. I turn away from that stuff because my priority is that God fills me for me but also for all the people around me. Different sets of priorities. If we choose this lifestyle, it's hard, but the rewards are eternal. These rewards are well done, my good and my faithful servant. That's this choice. So, the question. Have you entered the funnel? Entering the funnel is an intentional decision. It's not something I just fall into. It's not something I get because mom had it or grandma had it. I have to intentionally choose to enter the funnel of a relationship with Jesus. And that means I'm choosing to accept that Jesus reached down to me when I was a mess. And I chose to accept his hand of love and receive his grace because it's a gift. If you have not done that, if you have not intentionally said, Jesus, I want to be in relationship with you, That's what it takes. I believe that Jesus did what he said he did for me. And I choose to start a relationship with him. If you have never done that, you can do it this morning. Maybe you started in the funnel, but you're not sure you want to go much further because there are still parts of this old lifestyle not ready to give up. Guess what? God is amazingly patient. He desires us to continue down the funnel and to get to the spout where he is then able to continue to direct us in the direction that he wants to go. But that requires whatever is still holding on to me Over here, I start cutting those cords and choosing to obey. Because obedience brings freedom. But obedience is a process. And the process starts like this. If you have never, so if you've never entered the funnel, I want to pray. And I would like to invite you, if you have never entered the funnel, if you've never received God's grace for you, individually for you, you've never made that decision, I want to pray a prayer, and you can pray it right along with me. So let's bow our heads. I want you to pray this with me. If you've never entered the funnel, I want you to say, God, I want to join you in your funnel. I want to. To be taken into a relationship with you. I want to give up my old life. I want to cut any cords that still hold on to me from that old life. And I want to receive your grace. I want to live in your love. So, God, please forgive me from, for my sins. Forgive me for all of the disobedience that I've lived in. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come into my life because I want to live with you as my Heavenly Father. If you have already entered the funnel, and if you know what those cords are that are holding on to you from the past, then I would urge you to pray this prayer. Because this prayer is a little different. God, I know the disobedience that I've been living in, and I know the consequences that have been bringing in that it has been bringing into my life. And I want rid of that. So God, please forgive me. Help me walk in obedience. God, bring me the comfort that I need so that I can quit choosing to comfort myself. I give you my heart again. I give you my mind again. So Father, I pray for everybody who prayed something this morning, whether they started a relationship with you, or they're still dealing with some of those things that just won't let them go. God, I pray that you would fill all of the men, all the women, and all the kids that are in here this morning with your Holy Spirit and allow them to sense how amazingly close you are and how much you love them. God, grab a hold of women and men and kids this morning In this church and churches all around our community, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your love. And help us turn from all that stuff that we used to live in so that we can feel your freedom in your name. Amen.